0: This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. You're listening to Sport On, your weekly fix of everything sporty, with me, Sapchin, me, Declan, and me, Eden. Let's play. Ball! Whistle!
1: Gothenburg, good afternoon. The sun is out, people are running all around town trying to catch those glimpses of light. But most importantly, Sport On, your favourite talk show about sport, is back after two months hiatus to hopefully make your day even brighter. My name is Adam McLaughlin and I'm joined tonight by the shiniest man of all Sweden, a man who also <laughs> loves a good old weather report on a Friday afternoon. I'm of course talking about the one and only Mr Sachin Subramanian. Sachin, good to see
0: you. How are you? Shining apparently, but you definitely are shining, especially <laughs> with that lovely yellow jumper you got right in front of me. Ah, uh, yes, I'm doing well. Feels uh, good to be back in the studio, uh, rambling on about sport. Uh, I can see the sh- uh, the sun shine right through the windows here. Yeah? Um, it is indeed a fantastic gee afternoon. I hope all of you are catching a good amount of the sun. And uh, what about you, Eden? How have you been, man? I've been doing great, um,
1: especially walking up today, walking around for, for a stopscore gun and, you know, taking a bit of, you know, UV lights on, on yourself to, to make you feel a bit more awake, Bill, so it's also good, you know, to be, to be out of the dark and, you know, house and so on, so very enjoyable. Soaking up some vitamin D. Exactly. That's all, what we're all about. <laughs> Unfortunately, for this show, uh, we will be without Declan, to whom we are wishing a very speedy recovery after his Bill of United lost in the UEFA Cup final on Wednesday. That was a game that Sachin really enjoyed, um, not really because he supports Villarreal, but mostly because he feels very annoyed when uh, United wins. Yeah, and To be fair, I was quite uh, I was happy for Villarreal, to be fair.
0: Yeah, me too. For Una Emery more than Villarreal, to be fair. And. Um, Yeah, crap game, but happy to see United lose always. Typical final, (laughs) 11-10 on
1: penalties, something that i would never witnessed in my entire life, but uh, definitely something for the record. And despite that, we'll be talking about the end of the Premier League that ended up last, um, was that Sunday? Last Sunday, was it, right? so we're going to be talking about this we are going to try to give you our thoughtful wisdom on the outcome of that very exciting season and we will also give you a bit more content on you know who have been the players and the teams and the managers that have impressed us the most but also what were our biggest disappointments so i think we are going to have a lot of things to talk about he shoots he scores so once again Man City, not really once again, but, you know, Man City again won. Seven-time um, champion in total. five a Fifth title in the last 10 years, but also more, um, not more surprisingly, but something that says the dominance is the fact they won it three times in the last four years, which is an achievement that is rather impressive. So, actually, are we starting to think that
0: there could be, like, a Man City dominance in, in the Premier League? I think so, man. As, um... Yeah, I think them winning the league this year wasn't that big of a surprise. They were one of our favourites ever since we started talking about the Premier and before the pandemic. And uh, in terms of them being the next superpower, I think um, they have established themselves now as a superpower. Um, If they win the Champions League or even if they don't, um, it doesn't really matter. I think clubs around the world, especially in Europe, will be looking at City as uh, for players a chance to go to um, and sort of join this sort of uh, roller coaster that they're on and for managers to also look at sort of, you know, City and Envy the way they play football and learn a few things about them and for clubs in general to sort of hopefully avoid them in sort of Premier League groups Uh, sorry, I mean the Champions League groups Um, and I think a lot to do it has a lot to do with first of all the um, Abu Dhabi investors who sort of caught the club really well sort of well spent money um really well run from top to bottom um from new training grounds i think that was the first thing that they um you know, did for the club the first thing they did was they invested a shitload of money in a massive new uh, training ground and then the had got a major uplift absolutely and,
1: and they had the academy as well they yeah. invested
0: a lot of money to you know, yeah, have and
1: younger players coming through, through their ranks
0: for yeah, the academy as well yeah that's a fantastic example of okay you've got the money but you can't have the money like the Cronkies did and still look at us we're we're out of the Forbes top 10 valuable clubs list for the first time um, yeah back to City yes absolute um, absolutely a club to look out for. I think they will remain in the f- sort of you know knockout stages of off the Champions League, in the top four of the Prem for the foreseeable future. Um, it might just be like a peak in their yeah. history this five to six years and might be so for the next four years. Um, but at least for the next four to five years, I would say they will be definitely a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you look at their squad...
1: oh. Don't you know, even get me A squad and B squad yep. are same quality. I mean, there's no team in Premier League football, and even in the whole world, mm, that could mm. have a second team that's that competitive. I mean, if you got like three quality players at every single position.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, that makes me wonder. Uh, players of that quality, despite City not being a traditionally big club, wonder how they're still sticking on to play. You know, once in four or five games such quality players like jesus for example um he'll be playing day in day out in most of the clubs i yeah, um, absolutely will be starting in every other club so. exactly so that makes me wonder what is it that's going on behind the scenes in terms of monetary incentives for staying on or if they're doing their contracts really well i mean when it comes to how much players earn it comes it becomes a bit sort of um, foggy like they don't really reveal Slips, um, but I, there's definitely something going on behind the scenes that none of us are seeing in terms of really clever contract negotiations, really clever deals being done. Um, so it could be like you know, score a goal and you get a bonus of so and so. I don't know, but um, yeah, true, that's a fair point because I mean, I've never really heard any players
1: from City no. complaining about I'm lacking game time. Nobody that's something that you never see. It's either they just handle with it perfectly yeah. behind the scenes and yep. it never gets revealed into the press but you see that sometimes in other clubs like i want to move out to to yeah. go and play more but there it doesn't happen probably also the fact that they win you know three trophies every single season that kind of helps as well True. it's quite nice you know yeah. to to be on the front cover of every papers and just yeah l- lift a pistol of silverware every sort often
0: and also i guess playing for one of uh this generation's most uh, talented and sort of um uh, appraised managers. It's definitely something players want to stick around for. I feel like if Guardiola does decide to leave, which I'm sure, um, well, at least going with what media's in the last couple of days, um, he seems to be uh, happy at City. Yeah. Really happy. He's one of those who has this sort of a massive three four year spell at a club and then just decides to leave, like for a new challenge. Um, but he's come out and said quite uh, sort of. Um, Clearly, that even if they do win the Champions League, um, that He'll he's going to stay on. Yeah, he yeah. um, seem so.
1: quite com- committed to the projects, and he yep. start to have something. Mm. You know that going to dominate the Prem. I mean, yeah. Vic gonna be. In, in the top four from like the next couple of seasons
0: Easy. I mean you,
1: even if they got a few injuries they're not going to slump that much because no. you know the players
0: have come back as good yeah I don't see any club in the Prem challenging them for the title like I can't see even Liverpool were the closest last year United I think what seven eight points behind what were they where did they finish eleven points behind didn't they
1: yeah something like that I mean it's just relatively relatively close yeah. in, in a sense but still I mean City barely even played the last no. few games yeah. and
0: yeah. they started in the way possible yep we hate to see it uh money being pumped in and sort of you know trophies almost being bought but i mean at some at some level you're gonna have to give them credit for whatever they are doing right absolutely you know, yeah no so, they
1: absolutely do i mean it's a beautiful team to to watch play on, on the pitch as yeah. well it's one thing to have players that cost a lot of money it's another completely different thing to, to play make them. them all play in harmony exactly. and just have a beautiful attacking football to Maybe Not even decision. it was not even attacking, it was just like a very nice crafted team that just attack very well, defends perfectly and hold the ball in the midfield like nobody else.
0: Yeah, to win a league without barely playing with an out-and-out striker <laughs> is just something that's really puzzling for me. <laughs> it is.
1: Play De Bruyne as a striker <laughs> is not a thing. No. But he still bossed every single game. Uh, the thing he confused quite a fair few amount of teams because he mm-hmm. was dropping down and, and so on. So credit to City. Credit to City. Title absolutely deserved, but when mm. it comes, if we go a bit down <clears throat> in the in the ranking, now we go to clubs qualified to the Champions League. So we had Man United who finished second, Liverpool who finished third, and then we had Chelsea who finished fourth. And the question I have is just like, do you, in your opinion, like is that a surprise to you? Because I mean, when I predicted what will be the the final table of the Premier League at the end uh, of this season, like a couple of months prior. That was not the team I had in mind. I thought United would have finished, you know, sixth around sixth seventh, mm, even ninth. I think I said <laughs> or something like that. Uh, which I look stupid when I look back on it. I was like, ah, not really.
0: Yeah, and I think I said Arsenal would definitely finish in the top four. You probably, well, yeah. you're a bit biased
1: with that. I said <laughs> Liverpool would win. but is that sort of a surprise? I mean, to me, it is in a way that I would not, not have expected United to uh, to be second. They, to be fair played very good football most of the games. They had, like, some decisions that went into their way. Mm. A lot of people will say that. But on the other hand, you have to give them credit because they did play some very good football with just, like, the player they have. And um, so I think them finishing second on the overall of the season is not that much of a surprise uh, because, you know, other club like Liverpool played poorly for, like, mm. a third of the whole season. And actually, I'm surprised that Liverpool managed to finish third after what you, you know... They were eight, either ten games before the end. So even given not Klopp that. was surprised that they ended up. He was, League. but I mean, you see the smiley out on his face at the end of it. Yeah. And uh, but what about you? Do you think? Are, are you surprised about those results when you look at the season as an overall?
0: Not so much. I, I I kind of knew Chelsea and Liverpool would make it. Um, the only surprise for me there was United. Um, well, the biggest surprise uh, <laughs> for me in that um, list was United. And um, I'm also really genuinely surprised that um, Arsenal didn't even make it to the Europa League. Um, yeah. With the transfer window they had, it, I, I was so optimistic. So I, I actually thought I, w- I was going to. I did go as far as to say we're going to be in the Champions League. But I thought bare minimum we'll get the Europa at least. But um, well done to Chelsea. I think they got Tuchel in at the right point. We were talking about it some time back as well that we'd be surprised to see Lampard leave in such a weird season um, for managing to lose his I job. I was 100% but sure that there we go. Never um, it's it's really not backfired as much as you know uh, we would have thought. And credit to Tuchel. He's come and he's hit the road running, man. Like he's... It's almost like he's been a seasoned prem uh, manager. It's it's uh, well, not many managers sort of have such an instant impact coming from a different um, country. Like for example, Guardiola did because he's Guardiola, but nobody actually expected Tuchel to do so well very quickly, uh, so quickly, so quickly well. even, yeah. Um, and Liverpool, massive surprise uh, that they actually didn't give City a run for their title. But considering the amount of injuries you guys have had, I'm not surprised at all. I'm I'm actually amazed Liverpool finished in the top four despite having half the yeah. squad um out for the entire season. Um credit to Liverpool, Chelsea and um Leicester, oh, man.
1: Yeah, that was the part I wanted <laughs> to come about as well. Leicester, <laughs> I feel no I'm not gonna say sorry for them because nope. they played fantastic all season. Yeah. They spend every single week in the top four. Mm-hmm but still you know they finished fifth and you know you thought that they could have you could have gone into it
0: f- they would have deserved it yeah I I, I I mean i could be horribly wrong but i feel like winning the fa cup backfired cuz they didn't really turn up really for the rest of the games after it was almost as if the season was a success they had outdone the expectations the owner was happy it was one big happy family I f- maybe some sort of complacency crept in players thought yeah i mean Despite where we finish, it's going to be a successful season because hey, we've had a trophy in a cabinet this year. Um, I think that if it wasn't for the FA Cup win, they would have really given it all in the last few games, uh, and you that think whole so? sort of yeah, I I actually do think so. Um, and I mean, yes, they're totally deserved winners of the FA Cup, um, but I feel like Brendan Rodgers should should have been a bit more sort of my boys this is not the end of the season. Um, we still have games to play because I think having sat in the top four comfortably for that long and having won the FA Cup, which again, nobody would have expected them to have done, um, kind of led to a bit of complacency and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, if you look back, if Leicester fans, if you ask any Leicester fan walking the street, he or she are, is definitely going to say, oh, we had a fantastic season. <laughs> We're going to complain. be happy, yeah. Yeah, um, but nobody looks at, oh, you know, you miss on the Champions League spot, having sat there for the longest yeah. period in the year. That's the, you know, that's the disappointing part. Yeah. You know, it's
1: not finishing fifth in that regard because I mean, they finished fifth with the budget they have and the mm. players mm. they have. Yeah, it's a massive achievement. I mean, yep. they're the team that have the most overachieved all season, probably mm. along with like Leeds from Bielsa. Mm. But that's a different story. And I mean, when you look at the team and the players, they, have, they gave like a great run. Um, you know all the other big six who've got means and you know budget and finances that's way over what Leicester can do mm. and when you look at the players that Leicester filled I'm not sure all of them will walk into the Man City squad the Chelsea squad the Liverpool squad even other teams that finished underneath like Tottenham Arsenal even you know West Ham and, and all those clubs Everton so mm. they had a fantastic season the only thing that just is a bit salty from their side is the fact you know you you lose it on the last day mm, and yeah. you were so close and you were in it all season long Yeah. and that's why it makes it disappointing for like most of the fans but if you put like a bit of you know if you look a bit back on it you ask as you said you ask any single Leicester fan yeah. they will say like yeah we had a great season yeah. we finished fifth won the no. FA Cup we you know we can hardly expect more I mean we can't you know expect to win the FA Cup and win the, the Prem and link the mm. League Cup, they don't have the squad for it. And they had a fair
0: few amount of injuries as all season with Yeah, and they just needed a point from the last game against Spurs. And, and the Spurs team who've been struggling in the last few weeks, I, f- I felt like it was a yeah, it was theirs to lose and they lost it. They sort of absolutely bundled it, final day. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I know you were mad about that. Yeah, I, <laughs> not, I mean, yes, of course, because Spurs finish above us, thanks to that. But also, as a neutral... Uh, fan in that game I felt like Leicester didn't really feel like they wanted the top four like they were at home they had the fans back they had the perfect sort of setup to secure a spot but yeah just I I think non-Leicester fans will be more disappointed than Leicester fans that they went out
1: you think so? Yeah. Maybe. Well, we'll see. Anyway, they'll be in a, you know Europa League um, next season. Mm-hmm. They have a decent chance of performing well. The other team that will accompany them in the Europa League is one that probably no one <laughs> would have put a penny on at the start of the season. It's West Ham. And is West Ham the surprise of the season? Would anyone would have expected to have West Ham finish in sixth, first of all? No. But also it being in a contest for until, what, the 33rd, 34th game for
0: a spot in the Champions League? Yes, I think West Ham and Leeds have been the two biggest surprises for me. Um I remember writing both of those clubs off um uh, from the very beginning. Um we I remember when Declan was here for one of the shows we were like, yeah, I think Everton's going to be the club to look out for. Yeah, I think we all be, said that. Yeah, we all got wrong. <laughs> all got wrong and and yeah, this whole season like when you look at the results in the in the first few months after football resumed, uh just you couldn't expect anything. Um, it was just like one of those, yeah, this season is so whacked, we can't really put anything into perspective. Um, but looking back at it now, I think, um, the top four isn't all that surprising, no, no, but, really. the, but the next four is just like, yeah, yeah. What's, yeah, what's West Ham doing there?
1: It's some, yeah, it's something that was difficult to, to predict, I guess, but you know, West Ham have been playing very well all season. I mean, they recruited Mm. very smart. Mm. They added, like, Thomas Sutricks, who proved, like, to be a fantastic player. They recruited J.C. Lingard Mm. during um, the the January window, Mm. who all of a sudden decided to be an absolute baller again. I mean, (laughs) I think he's not even played that well in probably ever. And, I mean, the man was outrageous. That definitely helped. Fabian has been playing very good. I mean, they had, like, you know, defense at the back, Craig Dawson and, mm. and so on. They've been, you know, um, some kind of fortress. Yeah. And credit to David Moyes because, you know, a lot of people, you know, said, like, Ah, oh, yeah, he went to United, didn't do well at all. Mm. Um, you know, he's been recently, people were a bit harsh on him, but, I mean, he did a f- terrific job he with did that team. Time. Yeah. And it's not easy to, with the players he had, to make it a machine and a very tough opponent to, to play against. Yep. So full credit to them. Let's hope for them that they manage to keep the squad they have. They manage to keep Moyes and they also manage to have like an extra addition or two, maybe like an extra striker. Could be like something uh, something interesting for, mm. for them. And yeah, then after that West Ham, you have Tottenham, which will be in the European uh, Conference Cup, which <laughs> I'm still not too sure what it is. What, the way I see it is just like a... Bot- it's not a bottom three, but it's like a third tier... Champions League, so it's yeah. just like a Europa League for clubs that are not good enough to yeah. go into the Europa League. So it's going to add extra games for you know TV broadcasters and so yeah. on. Uh, I'm intrigued if the players who finish around seventh, eighth in big championships are thrived about going to to play that competition. I mean, on the other hand, if you, you you're playing a club that is not good enough to make it you to Champions League or even Euro- Europa yeah. League spots, all everyone wants to play you know European football football so you don't really doesn't really matter um against against who you play so it's just about the the thing but yeah I'm not too sure what to to expect from that from that competition
0: me neither because we were very close to getting into that European Conference League it's the first time they're doing it it seems to be some sort of an experiment of sorts to see if you know they can uh, broaden the reach of football in Europe Um, I don't think it needed any more broadening to be honest but um, there's also talk about a new Champions League format with almost like 60 60 clubs now Um, yeah
1: way more clubs and big
0: yeah I I, I don't know what the what the long-term plan is uh, for your UEFA but um, I don't quite understand the Conference League either all I know is a winner of the Conference League gets into the Europa League um, and it's it's a pretty complicated system and some of those clubs there who are going to feature we would have not heard of we'll probably be even struggling to pronounce these clubs probably uh, definitely clubs that you've you yeah. know, never heard
1: of I mean it's good it just expands for, for other countries mm. which is a great thing on, on one hand but, you know, um, we'll see if Tottenham will be delighted to play that competition, maybe. I mean, it will be a good attempt to, to win <laughs> something, at least. Uh, talking about Tottenham, uh, they're going to be losing Harry Kane, probably, most likely. It seems that he's, he's bid farewell to, to the fans uh, mm. on his last uh, home game. and um, You know, all signs are pretty much clear that he wants to go to a club where he's got a decent chance of winning trophies.
0: Yeah, I don't necessarily appreciate... Um, players um, especially when they're so big in the squad Uh, when you're a star player in a club and if you want to leave I never like seeing them um, make a fuss about it like announce um, departures and make these public statements saying oh I need a new challenge and stuff I mean at the end of the day it comes down to not respecting your contract you're contracted and you're paid by a club for your services if you're interested in other clubs if they it needs to stay between agents and clubs it doesn't need to come out in public like that because a you've just cost your club another 20 million at least because the club knows whoever's making an offer they know he wants to leave it's not one of those okay we're gonna have to pay extra for him to leave because he's not willing to leave So the minute you come out and make a public statement like that, you're costing your club at least 20 mil in transfer fees. Um, It's a massive sort of hit for the club. And I've never liked that. And this was something, I think, from uh, Wenger, um, who actually made it a big deal because when we lost all our key players, they all came out and said months in advance that they wanted to leave and we lost so much money because of those statements and and, and I'm amazed that clubs actually let players come out and say such things um, but yeah I, I won't be surprised to see him in another club in the Prem I think he's made it quite clear that he wants to stay in the Prem and he doesn't want to move out of England um, which I feel is a shame because I feel like he could he, he I think he's got the tenacity and quality in him to... Be a good player in another league. I could Absolutely. see him actually play in La Liga. I could see him play mm. in the Bundesliga um, and still do well. Uh, but I don't. Absolutely. I don't I doubt understand. Doubt yeah, I don't understand why he wants to stay in England. Like he's um, English. Yeah, but that's the thing about English players. Though. Why are they not willing to travel and move? and sort of take up new challenges yeah. in other countries I feel like it's going to be good for English football uh, right, absolutely like when you have an English squad that you're assembling you first of all won't have that inter club rivalry that we know English cl- squads have had before and second of all you bring in experiences from those respective countries and that will play as an advantage to you while you're facing them in cl- in you know international competitions um it, it puzzles me uh, to this day but yeah. Wherever he ends up, um, we know for sure he's not going to end up in Arsenal or Chelsea. I feel like... I mean, what are the potential contenders? I think it's City, City Liverpool. And Chelsea. Liverpool, but
1: I, I mean, Liverpool doesn't have that kind of money to spend yeah, on, to, um, on to Harry Kane. Because we're talking about, what, 100, 150 million yeah. for, for Harry Kane.
0: I don't think City need Harry
1: Kane. <laughs> yeah, but they're probably just going to have it. Just, why Played not? Play the FA Cup. Exactly, why not? And also, it's going to be like a very interesting... Marketing Mm. tool for you know, like to promote the club to younger generation because young kids look at Harry Kane, it's like, I want to be like Harry Kane, he supports City, he plays for City, yeah, I want to support City. You know what makes sense in that sense? Uh, Aguero is leaving, yeah, we're probably gonna get Harry Kane. Mm. Harry Kane will fit perfectly into Guardiola's style,
0: he would. So, I mean, Kane, I think, will fit into any style because he's a proper out and out striker, he doesn't care about what's going on behind him, just passing the ball in the box. You're yeah, getting he can, goals. You yeah. can play a different roles as a striker. Yeah. And yeah. I won't be actually surprised if United come up with a surprise sort of offer later on. I think they're going to wait out until all other offers have been made and then just, you know, have Put this masterclass and, and say, you know what, we'd like to sign you. And, <laughs> and you can't say no to United, to be honest. United is one of those clubs, it's not very easy to sort of turn down. Even after Fergie or whatever they still are a massive club um, no, and great. I think he will also avoid the backlash he would potentially get from Spurs fans um, by joining Chelsea or Spurs um, no sorry Chelsea or Arsenal um, so I think S- uh, United for me uh, I feel like I won't be surprised if they make an offer and sign him you think he's, yeah it's probably because I think United could Manchester really really do with a the hurricane oh,
1: they, need, they need him exactly. on the other hand you, you pretty much said that you, Wants a new challenge, in other words, that he wants to win trophies. Is United the right place? Man, the easiest is to go to City and then you probably win at least a cup next season. At least.
0: Yeah, but I think a factor of City not needing Kane and United really needing Kane um, would tip the favour in uh, United's favour. Um, It will be
1: interesting to see. It will be interesting to see how it
0: unravels. We'll keep you posted throughout the
1: summer. Man, it's been so long since I fucking watched football that I've forgotten how to fucking even complain. If we go at the bottom of the table, the relegation was Sheffield, West Brom and Fulham, which um, actually was something, when I looked back on it, I made a prediction a couple of months before and I predicted was exact three clubs. Not the you? correct order, <laughs> but I looked back on it and was like, wow, when it comes to top clubs, it was terrible. I think I've mm. got none of them right. <laughs> Bottom, pinpoint. And to be fair, although I put Sheffield because you I know, don't think I was keeping track of what I was doing at all, I was like, oh mm. yeah, I forgot Sheffield, I need to put them there. I'm still a bit surprised that it went down due to the fact that they finished ninth last season mm. and they had a very good... You know they had the proper identity of football. They had a great manager. They had the players to play that style. They pretty much kept the exact same squad. And I'm not sure if it's due to the fact that you know they went too complacent and just start you know not really evolving and having the same style of play. If it's due to injuries or just bad luck in general. Mm. But I'm genuinely surprised that they did get down. They did go down that easily as well. I mean it was done you know so so early in the season.
0: Yeah, I actually haven't um, watched so much of the Prem um, this year because, first of all, of the ridiculous timings with some of the games and how quick and thick they were coming in. Um, but I feel I, the games I did watch, though, I could tell Westrom and Fulham uh, were going to struggle to stay up. But Sheffield, to be fair, I thought they were going to be one of those 12th to 14th place teams and they would easily um, stay on. Um, but yeah, surprised that Sheffield were down as well. Is um, that the team that disappointed you the most, Sheffield? Uh, in terms of the teams that disappointed me the most, I would go with Arsenal, first of all. But among ah, the yeah, three there, <laughs> yes, Sheffield. As an overall, Sheffield, yes, and as an
1: overall o- o- along the season, um, if you're not biased, okay, you're probably going to say Arsenal, which I understand, but mm-hmm. if you remove Arsenal from the contest, who would you say? ah?
0: Uh, Given how the season went, I'd still say Leicester disappointed me the most. Yeah, I'm um, yeah. So you're
1: really salty against Leicester. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am, man. It's it's. Uh... Yeah, just only because, you know, we even spoke about Leicester sometime back on a casual note before the FA Cup win even that, you know, that clubs are on so well. I feel like, you know, in terms of ownership, they need to be um, looked up at by most other clubs in terms of how passionate they are about uh, the club and how well they've done. And somehow, um, I feel like it was down to the players and the manager to uh, give back. And I felt like the FA Cup was good, um, but come on, like not being in the Champions League should be... Should be really. Um, you got something about that European conference spot, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> now no. something
1: that disappointed me that season. If we speak on a on a serious note, it's probably going to be VAR, which I think you know makes the game weird at times and at others completely nonsensical because you look at things and you be like, How "Okay, is why is this a penalty and why this is not? Why is mm. this a red card?" Mm. And why is that considered as like a dangerous tackle when you just got players who just ramble from nowhere onto the foot of a player who just shoot a ball and it's like how, how is that you know and i think vi is a great thing because you know it gives you the opportunity to look back on decisions that sometimes ref do not see or make mistakes because i mean ref are humans they make mistakes Everyone makes mistakes, so it just you know it gives um, the ref a bit of help, which is a great thing um, mm-hmm. because you know sometimes refs get backlashed because you know you they miss an offside, which happens at times. Mm-hmm. And without this instrument, I mean, you can't you know go back and on, on the decision and so on, and they get you know unnecessary backlash from fan and abuse on social media. But on the other hand, the way it's used currently is just a joke because yeah. you just I mean, it makes no sense. You got. Everything is just slowed down way too slowly. Sit, you know, um, Events like tackles and so on are taken away of situations. Um, you know, Fouls are completely removed from the game. And sometimes things look super impressive. But if you look at back at what happened just a second before, you'd be like, well, yeah, that's never a foul. Mm. But when you removed all the action from its contest, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's actually dangerous. That's a red card. And, you know, if that never happens, it's... If you don't have VR. So that's the thing that buggers me with it. I think it's a great tool on one side and it helps a lot. But it needs to be, first of all, more efficient uh, and quicker. And on the other hand, it also needs to you know, be more serious and to have like a proper set of rules of what is a pen, what is a foul, what is a rec card, is this a contact, this needs to be given for, because at the end of the day, nobody knows, and it's changed from one week to another, and what you think is a pen in a game means... I mean it's no surprise that that season has been the season that has the most as that has had the most penalty in yeah. the history of the Premier League.
0: Mm. No surprises there. So
1: I'm not too sure about this. That uh, that's was the disappointing of my season, VAR.
0: Yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to watch um how the VAR is being implemented and used um in some of the other big European leagues just to see if it's um sure down to the poor quality of refs. Uh, England has or is it just a system in itself that needs an absolute revamp? Because um, I feel like some of the Champions League game decisions I've not been too surprised about Like, I, it's been kind of predictable um, like you yeah. can tell okay the decision seems right but in the Prem it just feels like every second decision just seems ridiculous um, so I don't know if it's a combined effort of both a combined sort of effect of both the VAR system as it is in its current shape, and also English referees, or if it's just VAR in itself that needs a complete revamp. Um, Because I know that there's a lot of talk going on uh, behind the scenes by the Referees Association in England um, to sort of, you know, um, address these concerns, which are quite obvious from the commentators to clubs, to players, to us fans. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out next year. I think for sure there are going to be some more tweaks to the system before the league starts. Um, and let's just, I guess, hope uh, for more, a little more sense in decisions. Yeah, that's say. the just thing. Common sense. sense. Common and sense and something. I think what like... stood out was, for me, uh, in the whole VAR drama, was the whole not taking in context of what was going on, yeah. slowing it absolutely down. Because we don't know if the um, uh, VAR official has been watching the game. Um, yeah, but, uh, but I don't well, know you how it works. So. I mean, you'd hope so. You'd, we'd hope so. Because if that, if the ref has been watching the game and if he's seen what has just happened in normal speed yeah he needs to address the fact that anything slowed down to twice or thrice will look more impressive yeah and will also be a decision made out of context so to say yeah um to me i feel like if the ref's been watching the game has seen it in real time then Give the decision on real-time. Football's not played in slow motion. It's played oh, absolutely in real-time. Um Yeah. So that's, I think, something that was a glaring error. And in terms of penalties, man, don't even get me started. Um, it feels like... And it's also playing in players' minds. Strikers are just yeah. going down for... like. Oh, they're just looking for the contact when they are in the ball, which is, you know, makes the game a bit weird. Yeah, I and mean, also... Players have always been doing that,
1: but now since penalties are given for any single contact, yeah. you just try to... You know, trick the VR and the refs, and then just like, okay, a player who's just in the box and Mm. nowhere near the ball, nowhere near to, you know, score, all of a sudden gets a pen and a very good
0: chance of scoring and be like, what, really? Yeah, and. one other sort of uh, disappointment from VAR or one of the aftermath of VAR is that players are not celebrating, fans are not celebrating so much anymore uh, after a goal has been scored. There's always this I mean, uncertainty. so that, anxious about having VAR. Hang on. <laughs> let's not make a fool of ourselves. Exactly. You know, imagine a player sort of thinks he scored one of the goals of the season and it's a winner in the last minute, takes a shot off, gets booked for it and then realizes <laughs> that, oh, I just got sent off and the goal got disallowed. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Well, anyway, as you may have realised,
1: we are not too fan of VR. It needs quite a fair few amount of improvements. Out! Sachin, I've got a very serious and straightforward question for you. Who has been the player of the season?
0: <sighs>
1: oh, it's man. not an easy one. No. I've I got... Three names, I think, in my mind, maybe really? four on a good day, if, if I'm genuinely nice. Uh
0: Okay. Do you wanna pick one in each position? We could pick one in each position. It's gonna okay. be quite long though. But uh um, goalkeeper I'm gonna go for Casper Smirshall. Ah, uh, I'm Every gonna go for Burnt Leno. Without him we would have been Bert relegated. Leno,
1: absolutely not biased
0: at all. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> if we
1: go most impressive defender. Uh Ruben Diaz. Yeah. He tightened up CD's defence. We're an absolute machine. We Easy. don't concede a goal. And yep. we, don't, we don't need a striker because we don't concede and score two goals. And then it's job done. Ruben Diaz yes. for me too. Yeah. Best midfielder. Dude, <laughs> I know you're going to say it, but I'm going to say a good one. Interesting. Mm. Um, I'm not too sure. It's either Gunnar good I do have to acknowledge the fact that Bruno Fernandes did a very good season. <laughs> I knew uh, it. <laughs> but... On the other hand, I'm biased about the fact that um, I support Liverpool. It's just buggers me to admit that. Um, it's been, but I think maybe I'll go for Bruno. Okay. Cool. If De Bruyne had been playing a bit more, I think I would have gone for him. But he just he, he played 20 odd games, and mm. uh, Bruno has been performing pretty decently all season. Striker.
0: Ah, uh, hate to say it, fucking Kane again. Yeah, Harry Kane. I mean, there's no, no doubt about this, that. No yeah. golden
1: boots, most assists. <laughs> yeah. And without him, Son would have not scored as many no. goals. But if we pick between all of that, all the players we uh, mentioned, I don't know, it's a tough one. No. You can't really go for a keeper. I'll probably go for Ruben Diaz due to the fact that... Yeah, with,
0: if, if I had to, I would also go with
1: him. him. City managed to win the title. And mm. he also he's the one that had the most impact than the others. I mean, Bruno had a great impact and Kane as well on the respective teams. But, you know, Diaz made it mm. like an absolute machine. Mm. And mm. I think it's from that point onwards when he started to, to settle down in the team that... <clears throat> they just start to roll on everybody else. Yeah. So here we go. We just agreed, like the FWA, who elected <laughs> Ruben Diaz as well. I guess we could also be part of our organization in Absolutely. the near future. We do seem to have the exact same um, wisdom. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that needs to to be discussed. But anyway, if we go like to so player of the season, we do agree on Ruben Diaz. If we go to the players who
0: has improved or impressed you the most, Bukayo Saka. Bukayo Saka with no sort of. Um, Where does
1: he play again? Arsenal, maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> with no bias whatsoever. Um, Bukayo Saka, I do Osaka. agree that's um, that's a sensible, um,
1: sensible pick. Mm. I do think Mason Mount has been a player that I think has improved a lot. But the one I'd say that has impressed me the most is probably Patrick Bamford from from Leeds, who ended up being mm. among the the top strikers of the um, the Premier League playing for um a team that on paper and you know as an overall I've got players that are not among the best in the position they've got a fantastic style of play that just you know embellishes everything they do and it was his, his first season as a regular <coughs> starter in the premier I mean, his full his first full season in the Premier League and he banks 16 or 17 goals which i think is a fantastic achievement It is. also for a player that you know, has been regarded as not being good enough to play like for Chelsea, to play for Burnley, and and so on. And fair play to him. So I think Patrick Bamford is the one that impressed me the most. Uh, good choice. But yeah. when it comes to disappointment, do we have a name?
0: Do you know my name.
1: <laughs> I think I do. I don't think the listeners
0: do know. Thomas Partey. Why Thomas Partey? Tell me. Where does he play again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is something I shouldn't be giving credit to a player because I'm picking someone from Arsenal. Um, But yeah, in terms of just uh, what was expected of him and how uh, seasoned he was uh, before he came into the squad, he was supposed to be um, our sort of saving grace from last season. But none of that has happened. Um, Yes, he was injured for, I think, a couple of weeks and he was out for a month. But even before and after, I'm, I'm, yeah, overall really disappointed. Um, without signing. Do you think it's going to pick up, though? Because recent games, it seems
1: they start to get its mark a bit more.
0: Yeah, um, but I'm not going to start the season off as hopeful as I did this season. So I'd rather expect nothing. Yeah, maybe if you do I the get... opposite way around, it's going to be a different yeah.
1: outcome the mm. opposite outcome. Well, let's hope so. I don't know. What will be my my disappointment season? I was thinking about James Rodriguez, who started very well, and I was hoping that would help Everton to... Mm. To be among the you know the top four and around those places, um, yeah. I mean, maybe Sterling, despite the fact he plays for City, yeah, the season that was not you know in his standard. I'm not mm-hmm. too sure why, because I mean he was injured a bit, but not that much. And I mean, yeah, he will be among those players. I mean, I can also think about Mane, um, who was not as good as has he, he was before. I would um, pick
0: all three. Um, I, w- I would say. What, Liverpool from the free? (laughs) Uh, I mean, when you come to think of it, um, yeah. uh, It's amazing that all three decided to have a bad season at the same time. Yeah, I mean, yes,
1: Salah still scored 22 goals, but the others, yeah, I mean, he scored 22 goals and he scored a lot of penalties, which... He did not use to to shoot before. Mm -hmm. So I think he's caught seven or eight penalties, which all of a sudden the the numbers look highly inflated. Mm. But um, as an overall, yeah, I mean, Liverpool front of three as an overall did not have the season and the heights that fans and, you know, pundits and so on um, were expecting them to be. And that was also one of the reasons that the the team had a big slump because at some point everyone was like, ah, Liverpool's not doing great. They don't have any defenders, but I mean, the team doesn't score. Um, yep. So, we considered one goal and don't score, which usually they would put like two, three, or four. Uh, but yeah, towards the end, it was way much better. So, there's reason to be up for I mean, those three guys have been performing at such a high level over the last three, four seasons that at some point, you know, it's kind of normal to just be in a bit of a slump for a couple of months. And uh, it was a bit more, but still, let's be up full for the future. But when we go to managers, then. Who is the manager of the season? I've got hands out Easy. there on the table, Marcelo Bielsa. Easy, Sam Adidas. What? No, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no.
0: Yeah, I think uh, if you if you take the obvious pick, which is Guardiola away, then I would also have to say Marcello Bielsa. Yeah, um, on the
1: other hand, you have to give credit to Guardiola as well. I mean, yeah. it's a
0: tough one because... I mean, we can't really compare because Guardiola yeah. is in a league of his own. But in terms of... Um, You've got different squad as well. I'm sure yeah, if you put Bielsa exactly.
1: with City squad, it would be... You'll do something fantastic, and Guardiola will manage to do something fantastic as well with the lead squad. Mm. But you will won't win the league with leads. You'll be finishing around tenth position. You'll do, mm. you know, you'll punch above average, of course. Yeah. So that's you know you should you should literally in those you know content contention you should have like you know best managers for like top clubs and the one who's supposed to mm. be a bit underneath because it's mm. a tricky thing to, to judge I mean how do you base that on anyway that's another debate and another tangent that we could wander on um, on another day talking about Arsenal your bill off club do you think Mikel Arteta is
0: the right fixed for Arsenal do you I don't want to think keep him? it's uh, the manager's problem as much as it is the player's and the mentality problem. Um, in terms of what I've seen of Arteta, I think if they do have a summer overhaul, which has been um, made the plan for the transfer window, then I think he is someone who could take us at least to Champions League. Um, but to make us title contenders, I think he's got a bit longer way to go in terms of just managerial experience, in terms of player handling, um, I feel like tactically he's okay, um, but I feel like he's a bit, sort of he dares to do a bit different, he sort of has these moments where you're wondering what was he thinking Um, and I think that'll come over time uh, I think it'll mature into a more sort of you know, um, won't be that much risks taken at critical points that he did this year Um, but yeah, I feel like if we have a decent transfer window, um, sort of kick out some of the players who uh, you know have been first of all disinterested who are also looking um, at other offers elsewhere Um, and if we have a good transfer season I think Arteta could um, max take us to the Champions League that would be an achievement in itself absolutely Um, because he's He's brought, you know, an identity oh, he to Arsenal. Has. You see he that has. there's a
1: clear pattern. Mm. He's got an idea in mind. He knows where he wants you know, where he wants to go tactically and, you know, the way he wants to play. You know, all of a sudden you start to play at the back. You know, which yeah. when you look at the the players you have at the back, it's not the you know, the defenders that you'll think of if you want to start building from from the back at all. So he's got this identity and so on. And I think from my point of view that what he probably lacks right now is the quality of the player to just try to go and punch a bit, um, a bit above. I mean, you Arsenal probably needs to look for a striker. Um, as long as Obama is a great player, he starts to be what he's thirty-two, thirty-three, mm. and he's a very pacey striker who's going to be losing pace over the, the next few years, and is don't think he's going to go back to the to the level he had a couple of season prior i might be completely wrong uh, as you probably have realized i've have predicted a lot of terribly wrong things um over the season but um you know probably like i don't know what would you recruit would you go for a striker would you go for for another midfield someone who's capable of just holding a bit more the the ball and breaking up those lines or
0: yeah i think i'd look for one attacking midfielder and one decent striker one um, decent striker You've someone got name like in mind. Jack Grealish would just be insane yeah, that would be, be fantastic that though. would be an amazing thing. what are the signing? odds that Jack Grealish
1: go to Arsenal though
0: <laughs> I mean <laughs> nah I think. Um, I mean, he could. I don't think we because can afford him. Because
1: Jack is not going to leave England.
0: To be fair, we can't afford him unless we sell at least five players and rake in about 60-70 million transfers. We're, we're already with deep Saka, in maybe? debt. We're already in debt. And yeah, I don't probably. think we've just got money lying around to sort of spend. Um, unless we have uh, good sort of um, money coming in, uh, good amount of money coming in, I don't think we can afford uh, Jack Grealish. I think he would be our hopeful signing but we're going to have to settle. Yeah, it would yeah. be an amazing signing. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, up front, uh, we could do with the squad that we have uh, for one more year. Yeah. I don't think we're You've desperately needing need. You've players need coming in. I mean, yeah, we Martinelli don't need and Saka, Exactly.
1: exactly. Sako started to... Yeah. Go a bit more, you know, on the score sheet this season, yeah, uh, yeah. instead of just giving providing assists. So that's a great thing.
0: Yeah, I think I'm quite happy with the front three. Um, I think at least for another season, we can sort of carry on with what we've got. Um, but I think for this window, I think we need one creative midfielder. And I think with the defence that we've got, Loane coming back who performed well. Uh, I'm not too worried about Gabriel and Holding. Right,
1: um, hey, Gabriel has been.
0: Yeah, he's been very good yeah and I think I'm okay with the defence goalkeeper I can't complain but I think all I would wish for is one decent creative midfielder
1: yeah maybe that's something that's a, that's a bit lacking yeah. and what hopefully
0: fully Thomas party will be just yeah yeah hopefully what about Liverpool what would you like to see
1: uh, we've signed a new player today Canate. Uh, this afternoon Konate Ibrahima Konate um French player, 22 years old, who was playing for Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, mm. over the you last mean few RB seasons. Leipzig. RB Leipzig <laughs> uh, over the last few season, And so I've never really watched him play um, mm. because I don't, know, don't really watch German football that much and I'm you know, not a massive fan of RB Leipzig. Um, but from what I've heard, he fits perfectly into... The style of play that club has, which is to play, and especially when it comes to defense, to play like you know with a very high line. So you, when you've got that, you need to have defenders that are pacey. Because if you've got someone who is slow, and you've got like a Jamie Vardy or like a striker going in between in behind, well, you still need to have someone that you know can match this pace. So this is why Van Dijk and Gomez are like a perfect fit because, mm. you know, among Liverpool. Squad, when they do like you know speed test, I mean, Gomez and Van Dyke are just as quick as Sal and Mane, so there's yeah. not a problem on that. But when you start to have like the players we had, like Grace Williams and Nat Phillips, well, all of a sudden they're a bit, they're a bit slower, and uh, so it becomes a bit more of a problem. Mm. And but so, so from that regard, there's a very pacey guy, he's very, he's quite tall with a very good uh, rate of. Um, a, re- a real uh, winning uh, duel, so that's al- always good to have. And he can hold the ball very well, and he's got a great, um, great passing quality. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much... I mean, he fits right into the system that uh, Klopp has at Liverpool. Then you will probably need a bit of time to adapt to, to the start of play, very intense. Although Leipzig plays something a bit similar as well. Very close, but he will still need to adapt to, to play to the prom, which is like you know a, a league on its own when it comes mm. to physicality mm. and so on. Yep. A lot of pressure going on, and you know, he comes with you know quite a big price tag on him and pretty much is not going to see his mission, but he's just like he comes there to, to fix the problem Liverpool's mm. got at the mm. back, so there's a bit of extra pressure on top of that.
0: What about your front three? Will you keep them, sell anyone? If yes, who?
1: I don't know, that's the
0: thing. Would you want uh, to give them one more season with the fans back?
1: That's that's a good that's a good thing because, I mean, I'm conflicted between two things. I mean, I, I love the free. I think mm. they're fantastic players. Mm. But on the other hand, I also there's a part of me that just like if we still want to be competitive in the long run, those three guys are the players that have got has got the most value in our squad and probably in the world. I mean, mm. Mane and Salah could go for like a 100, 150 million. Mm. and they've not performed that, you know, to their usual standards this season. And they start to approach their 30s and so on. And usually strikers, when they start to approach 30s, start to, to be less prolific and mm. um, less e- efficient and so on. Mm. So there's a part of me, and I think it's probably going to be a talk around in the club to see if selling a Mane or a Salah will be a way of raising a lot of money to mm. then invest on a younger striker that could stay at a very high level for the next four, five, six seasons. Someone like... A, I don't know. Got you know, Mbappe, Holland, which we're probably never going to manage to to have on the financial perspective. Mm. But if you want to have a striker that will help to you know score twenty, thirty goals, forty goals a season, probably the best chance for the club will be to sell um, one of the front three when they still have got a very high uh, market value. First of all, and also they are still highly. Regarded, so I'm a bit conflicted between that because I know Liverpool doesn't have any money uh, to spend really, and mm. we did not buy any defender in January window, uh, which was for the best. But that's a sign that, um, on one hand, you've got you know very smart um, managerial and planning and so on um, from the um, from the board, but I think it's also a way of showing that yeah we don't really have money. Uh, I mean we can afford yeah. thirty million for a player that's you know young that's going to stay there and will provide automatically, but. Mm. If, especially for strikers who all, um, you know, every striker cost a lot more money yeah, than true. other players. Yeah. So um, I'm not too sure. I'm conflicted. Okay. I'm cool. conflicted. Those guys have been doing great. I mean, they brought back, you know, joy at Anfield. <laughs> I mean, there was joy, but still, just winning trophies and yeah. especially brought the Prem and the Champions League back. So we Good. will see. It's going to be a very exciting summer. Transfer window, I think, and with the Euros coming up, exactly. is going no
0: to be a lot of football
1: to to be carrying on, uh, yep. which is a good thing.
0: It is. It's a fantastic. Thing. I,
1: I I know. Well, I don't sound very excited when I say it like that. <laughs> almost on the on the verge of suicide. Well,
0: but we I can't wait to sort of go catch an Alisson game quite soon if there is one. Um, if
1: it opens, I'm very excited yeah. uh, to go and and see see all of that. And In
0: general, though, it's good to see fans back,
1: isn't it? If that's good, I think that could be uh, the last note on the show. It's great to see fan backs, yep. and let's hope to to have them anytime soon in in Sweden. I know Sachin, you're dying to man, to go don't to
0: <laughs> I mean, I I don't care if it's like an academy club game. Go, you could go, go for on. anything, anything, just grassroots football, ninety minutes, even league. If it's Sunday league yeah. football. Just, I'm there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, let's hope for that. Um. Thank you very much for listening to Sport on. I hope we, you know, we. Got you a very good and interesting idea from a from perspective of uh, what was the, what happened in the Prem and what, our, what were our main uh, outcomes from it. Have a great evening and take care of yourself and also enjoy the sun. Hey, doll
0: You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.sc Follow us on Facebook or Instagram Stay tuned